Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. This is also part two of my latest adventures in the Wild West. Of course, in the last podcast, I was telling you about my and Lauren's trip from our part-time residence here in Las Vegas, Nevada, to California, the L.A. area. And uh, by the way, I meant to mention, you might find this noteworthy, that there is one, at least one section of road that we went through from Los Angeles down to Laguna Beach that was designated as a toll road, but there was no place to stop and pay the toll. Instead, there was a sign saying, you have five days to go to this website. I think it was like onetimetoll.com or something like that to pay your toll and we're like huh what the hell and sure enough apparently as you drive through this stretch of road they must have a high-speed camera that takes a picture of every single person's license tag there on the back of your car because all you do is drive down this road and then later you get on the website and you put in your uh, license info and boom it brings your ass up that's kind of creepy, isn't it? And then you pay the toll online, and it was like $8 and something. But uh, just imagine if, okay, well, f- for one thing, what if you don't have online access? I mean, uh, I, and then secondly, um, what happens if you don't pay it, you know, and, and you're in a different state? I mean, what are the consequences for this? It, it seems pretty big brothery to me. It's like, I, I kind of feel like if you're going to have a toll road, have at least a toll booth where somebody can go right then and there and and pay what they owe. But that was pretty odd. So anyway, we decided to go to Disneyland. Now, it's just Lauren and myself. We are both in our 40s. We don't have any kids. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, I've been to Disney World. Lauren's been to Disney World long ago when we were both pretty much like teenagers or something. But never been to Disneyland and I, I I'd always wanted to go to Disneyland because Disneyland was the only theme park that was designed from the beginning to the to the end by Walt Disney the man himself uh, he, he only got Disney World started and, and then he died so no attraction should more capture the personal spirit of Walt Disney the man than Disneyland and you know Disney has always fascinated me because he was one of the greatest manifestors in history I mean he took cartoons from just being simple silly little things and turned them into an art form I mean, can you imagine having the the kind of leadership skills it takes to get a whole giant room of people sitting there with their hands drawing 24 pictures per second? Nobody seeing the whole big picture except for you and then put all that together into a giant feature-length story that's actually good, that actually kicks ass with camera movement and a, and a score i mean the guy had vision and you know he holds to this day more oscars than any other individual in history 22 oscars 
And um, but then that wasn't enough. Then he went on to say, "I am now going to pioneer this whole new other super challenging field called amusement parks and change the way amusement parks are arranged forever." I mean, what a visionary! What a manifester! I, I've I've seen documentaries where there are people who who say, "Oh, well, he was kind of a dick." Well, I guess you have to probably be that way sometimes to get things done. And in fact, uh, when it comes to Disney in general, I mean, um, I, I, I guess it was maybe the same documentary I was watching and uh, they interviewed some artists who said they were sitting there working feverishly at their, at their, uh, at their booth or whatever. And uh, then all of a sudden an intercom spoke and said Walt Disney has died and at that point everybody stopped like thousands of people stopped what they were doing and just put their pens and pencils down and were just like what's going to happen now like what's next no direction whatsoever just because this one dude had died and there is a lot of conspiracy around the power of Disney. You know, Disney World, for example, much, much larger establishment than Disneyland. They have their own police force, their own firefighters. I mean, uh, they have a lot of influence on pop culture. There are lots of conspiracies regarding Disney as well. That might be an interesting topic for a different podcast. But Disneyland opened in 1955. They had a bad opening in many ways because um, it was extremely hot they had it arranged so that these celebrities could sort of show up at certain intervals and they all just kind of showed up at the same time and created chaos there was a strike among plumbers in the area at the time and so Disney was forced to choose between whether he had working water fountains or working toilets And so he made, I think, the right decision and went with working toilets. So there were a lot of people who said, oh, uh, I think this is a conspiracy uh, to sell more Coca-Cola because the water fountains don't work. And, and, you know, I doubt that was true. But anyway, I mean, so it it didn't get off on the most fortuitous foot. But anyway, uh, it just there's a fascinating history there. I wanted to go see what it's like to go to Disneyland as a middle-aged guy with my wife without any kids we don't have any kids okay what is this going to be like so anyway we go to anaheim now as soon as you get there you uh you pay them twenty dollars just to park uh which is okay i think that's kind of outrageous because the one day pass cost 117 dollars per person so they can't even include your parking in that, but all right. So you pay them $20 to park in their big parking garage. And one thing I'll mention is it's kind of interesting when you get to the parking garage, they uh, tell you to to really remember your space because a lot of people obviously forget where they were parked. And so they could just have it listed like, well, you're parked in Section C, Row 3. Instead, they call it Section Goofy goofy c3 and so they do a good job of using mnemonic aids which is basically the practice of taking an image and associating it 
with data so that it comes to you more easily. So we parked in Goofy C3. And it, sure enough, when we had to go back to our car, it was like, oh, we're in the Goofy section, you know. And maybe C3, just on its own, would have been a little harder to remember, but Goofy made it easy. So, as a matter of fact, you now will probably remember tomorrow, if I ask you, like, where was I parked when I went to Disneyland, you'll be like, oh, Goofy C3. So, in a hundred years, if anybody gives a damn, if there's a nerd out there who wants to go park in the same space that Lauren and I parked at, go park at Goofy C3. Interesting how mnemonic aids work. That's a whole other different podcast as well. This, you know, there's just too much information in this uh, particular podcast. It's it's mind-boggling. So, anyway, after you park, you go down and you go through a little security area. And uh, we didn't have any, you know, like extensive bags or anything like that. So going through security was pretty easy. You know, they have a wand, they have the basic metal detector. But I noticed that they had some of the items displayed there that they had taken from previous people who had tried to go through. And they had two or three little mini bottles of liquor sitting there that they had confiscated from someone. And so, um, I guess the moral of that story, kids, is if you want to get fucked up before you go to Disneyland, do it in the parking garage. Take that as a tip from Uncle Josh here. Not that I did that, by the way, nor am I endorsing that. I'm just saying it's a bit of traveler's advice. And, you know, if you're a middle-aged person going to Disneyland, I can see why you might like a little buzz. But do do your buzzing in the parking garage. So anyway, uh, when you get past that, they put you on the trolley or, or it's, you know, and, and then they take you to Disneyland. Now, there there is no alcohol allowed in Disneyland, Though, by the way, uh, Walt Disney himself was no stranger to the sauce. But you're not going to find a restaurant. In fact, there was a a restaurant in the New Orleans Square section that was selling mint juleps, but non-alcoholic. I don't even know why they would, uh, uh, you know, attempt to do that. So when you're in, within Disneyland proper, no beer, anything like that. So anyhow... It was pretty crowded. We were kind of surprised by the amount of people there because that uh, this was a uh, it was, it was a Wednesday. This was a Wednesday. School has started back. So, um, but you know, it, the amount of people wasn't really the problem. The problem for me is how oblivious that people are these days. It's like everybody just wanders around like they're in some kind of a haze and they don't have any sort of sense of respect for for anybody else around them they just kind of just they're looking up and they're looking down and they're zigzagging left and right and they're you know and it's like the, you might notice this nowadays when you get on the highway i mean you you have somebody who gets in the the left lane and just stays there you know and or gets in the right lane and just stays and you're like how somebody should shift lanes here i mean traditionally it's the person 
in the left lane you know it's like the passing lane get out of the way for people who are wanting to go faster but no people are so oblivious they just wander around and you're constantly bumping into people but here was the worst part so at, at one point um lauren and i were coming out out of a ride and uh, you know all these people with kids they have strollers and there was a woman behind lauren who was not paying attention with her stroller and lauren was wearing flip-flops and this woman shoved that stroller up into lauren's hill and sliced her hill open can you believe that and i i just hear lauren go oh and i turn around i'm like oh god what's happened did she step on a nail and and the woman's going oh i'm sorry i'm sorry and we pull we we have of course we stop and we go over to the side and lauren picks up her heel she has this flap of skin there's blood coming down like jesus christ i mean how irresponsible is that if you're going to have a stroller and you're pull you know you're pushing that thing around to not pay very careful attention and plus you know disney world has every germ in the world there and so fortunately being prepared i wasn't a boy scout but i'm always prepared i had a little tube of neosporin with me and so uh we squirted some neosporin on it and then lauren had some band-aids and we bandaged it up but that you know that kind of pisses me off all right so anyway other than that everything was pretty good uh they have this thing called fast pass which makes it easy in many cases to take rides without having to stand in line so the idea is you you take your main ticket and you go up to uh, a box outside certain rides not every ride is eligible and you put your ticket in there and then it will shoot out a little separate ticket that has a time that is an appointment so it's like if you come back at this certain time then you get to pretty much go to the head of the line so if you do that and and you plan your day out well i mean you don't even have to stand in in lines most of the time at disney world it doesn't always work that great about 1:30 we went to the star tours uh ride and scanned the ticket there and it said oh come back at 9:30 tonight that's a long ways off um but most of the time it worked out well star tours had the longest line and uh, it was the busiest but that gets me to like the rides we had four rides that we just wanted to knock out uh we wanted to do the indiana jones ride very very popular we wanted to do star tours which is a new kind of 4d experience as they call it we wanted to do the classic haunted mansion and then pirates of the caribbean because um they've renovated that since the movies have come out so anyway we we right off the bat we were able to knock out indiana jones um we did the haunted mansion it was pretty much just like i remember it super cool great to see that huge pepper's ghost illusion with the ballroom um as far as pirates of the caribbean <laughs> this is kind of interesting because um so Lauren and I are, are standing in line for Pirates of the Caribbean because they didn't have a fast pass option but anyway um we turn around and like 10 
places behind us is a celebrity. Now, I am not going to tell you who the celebrity was. And I know you're like, oh, come on. The reason I'm not going to do that is because I have respect for people's privacy. And I, and, you know, it's like, for example, when I was in Charlotte uh, recently, I ran into Mr. T. But Mr. T was there to promote something. And, and he made it very clear that that was cool with him. You know, he was having pictures taken with people and all that. Cool with him for you to say, oh, I met Mr. T. But um, in this case, this is a celebrity who is on some off time, not looking for any, you know, and then this is not like a big giant celebrity, but it's a, I think you would know who it was if I told you. It's a TV star, not a movie star, a TV star. And so, uh, I don't want to say who it was because it it always reminds me of uh, the governor who said I'm hiking the Appalachian Trail when he was actually off with his mistress. You know, like look, I don't want to I don't want to screw up your story because just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean that you give away all your rights to privacy. You know, these are real people. So anyway, we turn around, we see this celebrity, and when we actually got on the Pirates of the Caribbean boat. Uh, we felt so special because we got the primo seats. We were on the, it, as it turned out, on the front row. Like it was just Lauren and myself, just the two of us, on the front of the boat. And the celebrity is several rows back. And we're like, hey, look at that. We got a better seat than the celebrity, right? Well, then maybe a little bit of karma bit us in the ass because that's when we realized this thing hasn't just been renovated it's been really renovated so as the ride starts off and if you've ever been on pirates of the caribbean you know it's it's just a fantastic majestic trip into a whole other world it's amazing how they do this so we find out very quickly that the renovation to this ride is not necessarily something that is going to make it more pleasurable for us because the boat takes off and all of a sudden we get into this cave and the lights go out and we hear all of these people in the boat in front of us screaming and we're like oh shit and then this big booming deep voice says dead men tell no tales and we're like oh something bad is about to happen and we grab (laughs) the bar in front of us and this boat just goes down a big drop and water comes splashing (laughs) especially all over us and which I think they should give you some warning of that because I know there were people who had their cell phones out and stuff who got their cell phones soaked. So I don't remember Pirates of the Caribbean having a drop that splashes you like that. I think that's a new thing. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I just don't remember that, and neither does Lauren. We both did it at Disney World. Maybe it's always been that way at Disneyland. I don't know. But anyway, we weren't expecting it, and thank goodness we had the screams in front of us to give us a little heads up. So we go dropping down. All this water comes in. Lauren is especially, she's like, when she gets wet, she's like a wet cat. She does not like that at all. 
Um, but anyway, so yeah, we got the primo seats, but we also got the primo splashing. But we ended up being able to do uh, other things. Uh, you know, we, we like for example, okay, yes, we went to Star Tours, and um, Star Tours. We stood in line for an hour for that, and it. I gotta be honest with you, it didn't live up to our expectations. But you know, I'm a Star Wars guy, so it, you, you got to do the Star Wars stuff. And we did some extra things like the Jungle River Cruise. Uh, it's a small world, you know. You got to do. It's a small world. In fact, uh, that song. It's a small, small world. It's a small, small world. They they say that is the most performed song of all time. It's playing constantly around the clock in numerous Disney uh, properties around the world. And who knows how else it's been used. And I, I remember we were in the Bahamas one time on a cruise and a Disney ship pulled up. And all day long, all they play, it's a small, small world, it's a small. It just went on and on forever and ever and ever. So we did the small world. In fact, I, my, I was reading about it's a small world. And Disney, when he envisioned this attraction where you travel through and you go through different cultures it was it was going to be called children of the world where you have dolls that represent different cultures around the world and he hired a couple of songwriters to um to do a song called children of the world and they ended up uh, coming back to him at, with this thing called it's a small world and he said by golly, you've nailed it. I'm going to change the name of the whole damn attraction to It's a Small World. So that's how that came about, apparently. But uh, one other thing that we did on the way out was we went to an attraction called Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. And what's so interesting about this is uh, most people just walk right by that. But... uh Walt Disney, growing up, was always fascinated with Abraham Lincoln. And in 1964, there was a World's Fair taking place in the U.S. I think it was in Philadelphia. And one of the World's Fair guys came and looked around Disney's workshop. And Disney was working on a little animatronic figure and uh, the guy said this is amazing when is this going to be ready and Disney goes "Uh, we're a few years away and the guy goes can you have it ready in a year and Disney goes uh sure having no idea how he was really going to pull this off and he created this animatronic Abraham Lincoln that he debuted at the World's Fair which was the very first animatronic Disney human it's like you know if you've been to disney world you may recall the hall of presidents they have where they have a bunch of different presidents who stand up and talk to you but this was the very first one it was abraham lincoln it was sure enough everybody said like if anybody can do it it's walt disney and disney got it done disney debuted it at that fair in 1964 and then it opened at uh, Disneyland in 1965 and it's been there ever since and basically there was only like five or ten people in the entire audience and what happens is you walk into this big 
auditorium and you sit down and the curtains open it's very dramatic first off they show you probably like a 10 minute uh animated movie about how the civil war developed and then another curtain opens and here is abraham lincoln sitting there and he stands up and he delivers this like five minute speech and it's really actually very good i mean it 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 looks a hell of a lot like a real dude standing there i mean now i wasn't right up in front of him uh, i could have been but you know we we positioned ourselves about midway back to see the whole thing and it was very good now i don't know if they've updated that i'm sure they've updated it to some degree since 1964 65 but uh if if this thing looks in 1964-65 like it does today i bet people were shitting themselves seeing this i mean it's i mean it was it really cutting edge futuristic technology um so it's worth it if you're a history buff to go see great moments with mr lincoln at disney world um so anyway finally i'm sorry disneyland disneyland so finally uh the evening came to an end for us it was dark we were like all right we've we've seen everything we wanted to see uh let's get out of here and so we walked out of the gates and we went uh, you just go out and you hang a right and there's a place called downtown disney and that's where you can go and yes you have bars you can have a cold beer you might need an ice cold beer after a day at running around disneyland have a nice cold beer i had nice uh, roasted chicken you know we had a little pizza i mean you know and then the fireworks are going off so it was a great day it was a great day we enjoyed ourselves at disneyland but i don't think i'll be going back there again anytime soon so it was a big full day at disneyland and so the next day of course we were going to travel back back to las vegas and so that's when i said you know we need to make the most of this trip going back why don't we stop at this old ghost town from the 1880s called calico calico ghost town and you know i i've been to some ghost towns before but this is the ghost town of ghost towns in 2005 it was proclaimed by then governor arnold schwarzenegger to be california's silver rush ghost town and there there's all kinds of haunted spooky activity there so i said why don't we i said you know we 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 want to take some measurements somewhere in california with the dt meter why don't we stop at this ghost town on the way back and take some measurements with the dt meter the differential time rate meter and see if we get something at this old haunted ghost town well you know me uh not only did we stop at the ghost town on the way back but i got extra information that most people who go through there never get and i even have a photograph to share with you but 
Um, I was wondering if I could tell you this story in two parts, but I think I'm going to have to make this a three-parter because tomorrow I'll give you part three about my adventure. And again, I'm sorry if this is annoying to you, but uh, I think this is the, the proper way to tell this epic story of this great adventure we had. So I'm drawing a line right now on my notes. So tomorrow I'm going to tell you what it was like for us to go to the Calico Ghost Town, a real ghost town from the 1880s. And it was very strange, very quirky. And then after that, well, we visited the Bonnie and Clyde death car. So much to tell you about. Uh, So I'm going to pause here, and I'll just call this the end of uh, part two. I'll I'll give you part three tomorrow, and and I swear to you, tomorrow is going to be the end of it. Because after that, I have to head to Asheville and get ready for my big event. I I also want you to know, uh, because today is Saturday, you now have 24 hours if you would like to get an Emerald Wand Kit, which also includes the Sigil Pendant. The only batch I've ever made laser engraved Money Sigil Pendant on stainless steel Um, You have 24 hours to acquire that. And if you're smart, you'll buy more than one. Because, as you know, I'm retiring from wand making for other people. I just don't have the time anymore. And uh, I have sweetened the deal by including this nice laser engraved stainless steel money sigil pendant on a hemp cord. I mean this is a really nice kit and it comes with a signed certificate of authenticity slash instructions from me just go to joshuapwarren.com joshuapwarren.com there is no period after the p and when you go to joshuapwarren.com in the top right hand corner you'll see a picture of the emerald wand or you can go to the curiosity shop you'll find a link to it there also in the top right hand corner but while you are there please be sure to click the link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short. It's always free. I try to leave one for you every day. You can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter, at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will let you know when a new one is available. So, tomorrow, part three the third and final part of my adventures in the wild west (laughs) hey thank you for listening thank you for your interest and support thank you for staying curious and i will talk to you again soon